0: NFL Super Bowl 52, Insights from a Venue Insider, Part 1. How the director of catering at the Guthrie Theater in 2018 booked eight NFL sponsors events, bringing in a quarter million in revenue in the 52 hours leading up to the big game, navigating the sponsors' wants, needs, and learning the meaning of flexibility.
1: You know, I could say to my corporate client who's here, let's say somebody that I Work with all the time being like, I need to have food counts by two weeks prior, and here's all the timelines of things I need everything by. Final floor plan, the um, EO, all these lovely things. And they'll say, no problem. But when working with these corporate meeting planners for the Super Bowl, they'd be like, yeah, I mean, we could try.
0: This is Paul, representing TCWEP. Today's guest is a third generation in the hospitality industry. Her resume includes many well-known names to the Twin Cities event industry, including Director of Catering at the world-renowned Guthrie Theater. Currently, she is Vice President of Marketing and Communications of MPI. In 2009, she became the Director of Events and Programming with TCWAP, which she continues to do today. She is currently the Development and Engagement Manager with the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce. Listen in as Elizabeth Sherry shares some of the valuable insight she learned from Super Bowl Fifty Two. Minneapolis had two Super Bowls, first one being in 1992. I'm going to assume that in 1992, you weren't working at the job that you, <laughs> that you had during no. Super Bowl 52.
1: Uh, no, I was a, a young girl who probably said something along the lines of, what is football? I don't care. <laughs> that later changed in my adult life. Um, but y- yes. Yes, uh, ninety two was not a year I was working any event, nor a lot of folks around
0: <laughs> <laughs> So all the people that were working in ninety ninety two, I think people get where I'm going with this. Um, how did you prepare, and how did you know, or how what was your approach for preparing for Super Bowl fifty
1: two? Yeah, great question. Because really, the um, I think that the, the same thing. Once it was probably gosh twenty fourteen. That we found out that Minneapolis was going to get uh, Super Bowl Fifty Two in twenty eighteen, which you know seemed like forever away. Uh, but the <laughs> prep on that actually began then in my brain. I was working at a different property, knowing that this is not something where it's just like, oh, this claim to fame for the city. You know, for my job that truly affected my my day to day for two years. Really, I think about how two years it was a continual conversation, and of course, leading into the event, it was a hour-to-hour, day-to-day conversation. But um, the prep on that was challenging because there wasn't a lot of folks that have witnessed Super Bowl 52 in the capacity of role that they were serving in the industry then. Um, but even if they were, it's a completely different thing. The NFL has changed so much in the last 25 years. The glam and the glitz and the parties and the events and <laughs> yeah. everything. It was it's so different. Um, so those who had experience it were like, we don't even know where to begin because it's just a different procedure. Uh, so the preparing piece I did uh, was I reached out to cultural uh, centers or Cedars who previously hosted Super Bowls. And I um, started a course with Houston, who hosted it the year prior to when we did. Um, oh, and talking smart. to them because, yeah, you know, they were going to have the most current information. And, um, you know, they were busy, and uh, not too long after I started having my initial conversations with some folks in Houston, they unfortunately had Hurricane Harvey hit. Uh, so it was not something where I felt like I could have ongoing conversations with these folks. Obviously, they had bigger issues <laughs> than me just calling them, asking about tips and tricks for to <laughs> right, right. So um, it was a it was a definitely um, instrumental piece into me being prepared. Uh, and I recommend that for anybody who is looking to host a big national uh, conference to check in with previous years, which I'm sure a lot of folks do. Yeah, you know, we had weekly meetings, I would say, and it got even to every other day meetings with every, uh, heads of every department. So 12 people um, in a room and one meeting, we brought these huge 3M sticky notes and we had every single corporate client so we had eight of them and we had a checklist of where we're at what information we needed for them and we went event by event by event with all these Uh. these heads of departments uh and they loved it and so ever since then i've actually (laughs) adapted that as a a a practice of mine leading into events i have these huge 3m sticky notes and i put that out so right in front of me, plain as day, everyone can see where I am in my planning process. Uh, so it's funny what came out of that for the planning piece. So that was... How many week, weeks um, how many, you said you met?
0: Did you meet every week? Like, when did that start? Was that like a year before or
1: mm-hmm.
0: not quite not, that far out?
1: No, not that quite far out. We did monthly touch bases Got with Got a it. good amount of the folks from those um, head of department meetings. But then... But it was right when we started booking our our clients and actually contracting them. And I should add that one of my clients, I actually had a contract signed the day before their event, so that we we talked to them about two weeks before their actual event was supposed to be hosted uh, initially. And then that's the like
0: so last minute. Oh my gosh.
1: It was crazy it was, we we squeezed that one in. Uh, and it worked out perfect. But yeah, it's just it's, so showing that contracting process and as we talk about that piece. But uh, the the meetings were weekly starting about four months before. And then the I remember the month of January was kind of a blur in that where the month of January we were um, two meetings a week, sometimes three meetings a week, so lots of phone calls, lots of just popping over to somebody's office and being like, hey, by the way, can we do this? <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and when yeah. I say can we, we're going to because everything is for a price. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're going to do this because I'm charging a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And how much would it cost?
0: <laughs> when did you when did you really start seeing people coming in um I don't know contacting you and saying like we're going to hold an event?
1: Yeah, that was that was really interesting because I thought that with this being such a big deal and it is, but really it's a big deal for us, for the people who plan these events, it's it's a month in 2018. It's, you know, February 2018. You know, that's their day to day. Um, Because a lot of my people that I worked with, the next thing that they were going to was the Winter Olympics over in, I think it was South Korea where it was being hosted. And that was in a matter of two weeks after the Super Bowl. So they had, yeah, this was a big event, but they also had a huge Winter Olympics event in two weeks. So, the time that i started seeing people come to have interest or gauge interest was about 18 months prior to the super bowl which was about what we were expecting but we were expecting around that time when we were doing initial site visits with these folks that they were going to be booking i mean soon after the property i mean that's kind of the initial that's really the process we see you know you tour a corporate client you tour a couple and within i would say a month you know their their decision Right. Oh, in this case, our first contracted piece was four months prior to the Super Bowl, so it was, I mean, almost Thanksgiving. Maybe was fall twenty seventeen, <laughs> and we didn't have one thing booked during the Super Bowl, and everyone was looking at me as the director of catering and responsible for all the sales of that building, being like, "Why are we not doing it?" And I had to explain, being like, "This is really." what happens? And I'm not just saying that to cover myself here. (laughs) I'm talking to all of my industry partners. So this is where associations like TCWEP and MPI come in handy because I'm talking to them being like, do you have business booked? Do you have business booked? And the only people who really had business booked was the hotels because they were bound contractually by the NFL. And it wasn't even necessarily event space. It was just their rooms. They just needed to lock in the rooms. So it was very fascinating. But one thing I will tell people who are looking to plan or having a Super Bowl is that don't, don't worry, don't freak out, and then don't undersell your property either. Because at 18 months, there was somebody who put an offer down, but it was for a lot less than I knew we could get. And there were other people who were interested, but they weren't parties that we wanted. We were picky. And that's why it was four months before. But it, it served us well to be picky.
0: The picky part. What, what does that mean? Yeah.
1: Well, and so you'll, anybody who's planning these big conferences and working with certain folks, they like to throw around a lot of celebrity names, a lot of VIP names to make you feel like you need to have them because these celebrities are coming um, or invited. And I there's so often where people were throwing around these names and it was like, okay, that's great, but I don't want to host this party for this much. Like if you're going to host this party, it's going to be this. Um, So there was a lot of negotiation, and and there was some wiggle room that we had on our part, but a great example I have is there's this um, party, it's one of the biggest parties that the Super Bowl puts on. It is um, known to be a true party. Uh, They have a lot of beverage sponsors, alcohol sponsors, food sponsors. And this is one of the events that we got, and they wanted to book us, but I called the person who they last worked with in Houston and had detailed conversations about this. In the end, they, I think, with staff and other things, maybe topped $20,000 or something like that for this I think it was about a thousand person party and it was not worth it. And the wear and tear in the building, this person did not say that. They said only nice things. And I, I don't know if I could say the party name, but um, and it's one of those parties that there's a lot of media, a lot of press coverage. In fact, we had seen the press coverage that was for this party that happened actually at a different property in town.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was a
1: perfect fit for them. We, we knew what we were. We are the Guthrie Theater. Um, we have a, a beautiful building and a upstander to uphold in the theater. Uh, we wanted to be respectful of the donors that made that theater happen. So hosting a party like that would have been really um, a difficult choice for us. So we that weren't, that's why we said it. we were picky. We wanted to work with corporate clients who had more elegant affairs that was truer to the building that we, um, we had.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very aware with the Guthrie Theater, and I'm sure listeners, if they if they are in the Twin Cities, they've probably heard of it too. But yeah, it has a very prestigious, um, well thought of reputation. So I can see where that comes into play with the building too. Interesting
1: and, and really unique space. So for those who are local and have been, it's a building that's stacked on top of each other versus it all being one level so logistically there was challenges to make sure that people got to the right floor of where their party was going to be how many people were going to be on each floor when I say party I mean event because we went that route versus the party <laughs> route. But, uh, that's why when we were talking to these large-scale parties the people who were having you know I mean we were recorded by um a well-known NFL player who said that they were going to have Kevin Hart do a comedic act on stage and all these things. And the logistical challenge of moving a thousand people we were used to in a scale like that, mm-hmm. but not a scale like having a thousand per- people dancing in one location um, and then the next location and, and what have you. So um, we were used to having a performance. We were not used to having a, a dance um, party battle whatever could be said
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is the end of part one listen to part two where elizabeth shares exactly what to charge as well as some zany stories one involving her spending a couple of nights locked inside the Guthrie theater before the super bowl